Morning everyone, morgen allemaal. Het is baie lekker om hier te wees, ek kan so'n bykie Afrikaans praat, ek weet nie of ze uit zo'n Afrikaans is nie, maar uh, as ek, jylle, jylle wil nie hoor as ek in, Engel, in Afrikaans spreek nie, dis verseker. Okay. It is great to be here, so Kim and I have been on a trip around the Southern Cape and it's just been amazing with uh, Jenny and Anka. Okay. Just around the, the churches in the Southern Cape. You know what? God's doing something. <laughs> God is on the move. God's always, no matter where we are, no matter what context we are, no matter what town we are, no matter what church we're in, no matter how many people there are, God's always doing something. He's always doing something. And I felt this morning um, to share something. I haven't preached this before because I felt, just as we were chatting with uh, Davi and Liesel just over the last um, few days, just spending time with them and hearing the story of the Lord, talking about a well that's being filled up and coming to overflowing and that God wants to do something fresh. So I felt to pick up something of that theme of what God's doing. And I want to inspire and invigorate us. Wait, I'm going to get my phone so that I can set my timer. Now, the reality is, is whatever our context, whoever we are, if Jesus has come into your and my life, we are not called to normal life. We're not called to a normal, average, static Christianity. We're called to live life out loud. We live to life out, live life in full color. God wants to live in the, in the world of the mundane, the normal. He wants to live lives of the miraculous. So you look at me. You may not think it. You may not believe it. I've been, I got to know the Lord Jesus when I was uh, uh, 10 years old in 1970. And you're looking at a walking miracle. I'm going to prove it to you just now. My life is a miracle. Your life's a miracle. And if your life's a miracle, if you've got Jesus in your life, you're called to have miracles happening in your life all along in every day. And I want to inspire you today. Uh, so first of all, I want to just show you what Jesus did and does in the normal average day from day to day. Then I want to share with how we position ourselves to move from the mundane to the miraculous, to live from the natural to the supernatural every day of our lives. And, to, and that this church would be known as a well of water that would come up, that, would, that people come and drink and lives will be touched, changed and transformed, energized for eternity. Amen. So this today is not just an ordinary day. Today is not a normal day. The moment you step through the doors, you, you brought Jesus with you because he's in your heart. The moment you start worshiping together, where two or three are gathered and agree and worship together, he's there walking amongst the church and he's touching and wanting to change and grow us and bring us into the more of what Jesus has for us. My life, my life, I desire to be a sign and a wonder. Jesus did many signs and wonders. But signs and wonder, signs that Jesus did was always to bring wonder in us, in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I want people to see my life as a sign that points to the greater reality of Jesus. 
This is what I want people to see in my life, what I devote myself into, that they see I'm fully satisfied in the sovereignty and sufficiency of Christ in my life. People look at my life and they say, Jesus is enough. I can see Jesus is enough in his life or whatever it is. And Jesus being in him is the sign and the wonder. And now we do, I'm going to touch in maybe areas that God wants to bring healing and hold to hearts today, whatever the case is. But I'm going to say right now, I want you to turn to the people next to you and say, I am a sign. <laughs> say it. I am a miracle. Say it. I am a miracle. I am a miracle. I'm going to point to you. Uh, uh, yeah. This got to be the testimony of our lives. We, you think me dancing up front and going is in my personality. Maybe it is. But I'm telling you, there's something beyond me that tells me to go beyond my personality. Passionless Christianity does not attract the presence of God. Average is not what God is satisfied with. Okay? And I want to, okay. Yeah, we get into it. So we're going to talk about the, 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 the miracle that Jesus, the first miracle Jesus did was turning the water into wine. Water into wine. Where that's where I got this, the water into wine. So you've got this, this, uh, well of water, refreshing water that God not only wants to bring refreshing, but he wants to bring wine, which wants to bring, yeah, I want to be inebriated with the, the presence of the Holy Spirit so I can be energized to live in his purposes for my life. So I am 62 years turning 63. And after that worship, my knee got a bit sore. <laughs> My, my moggy knees, I have osteoarthritis in my knees. I'm a walking miracle. Not because of my knees. But because I've been saved in grace. The single greatest miracle is the new birth. So, yeah, John chapter 2. Yeah, let's read it. Okay. It's up there, I think. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana. So, weddings normally lasted, I think, seven days. I don't know all this, but it was much longer. So, on the third day of the wedding in Cana, the mother of Jesus, the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, let me tell you, between you and I, no matter how much wine and how much filled we are, there's going to be a running out. Okay, that's, that's for free. Okay, it's just the life, the Christian life. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, mom, hey ma, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servant, Jesus, just do what he says. Just do what he says. Uh, now there were six stone water jars there that, which the Jews used for the rites of purification. That was for washing feet. Each holding about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said the servants fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some, some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it and he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, which had now become wine and did not know where it had come from, Though the servants had drawn the water anew, 
the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, when, and, but when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you've kept, I'm just going to say it, the best for last. <laughs> okay. This was the first sign Jesus did in Cain of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. This was not about saving, saving someone. This was not about healing someone of leprosy or blindness or raising a, bl- uh, a layman. This was about going to a wedding, normal, normal day-to-day things they did in that time. It was about saving someone's face, the shame. Jesus is about performing miracles in the everyday of our lives. He cares about us. He knows where we're at. And he wants you to be a miracle every day. I'm going to say this often because I want you to start to believe what God sees in you and me. Amen. So, so Jesus was present. Jesus cares about our lives. And I want you to notice that Mary didn't tell Jesus what to do. Just said, Jesus, we have a need. We have a need. There's faith for you right there. I don't know how you're going to do this, Jesus. I don't know how, when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to un- unravel. But he has a need, and I'm asking you to produce wine, however you want to do it. So you, we, don't know, we don't need to know always what to say, but we know who we need to turn to in our time of need. So, I want to show you something here quickly. Can you, see, can you all see that? H2O. That is water. At a molecular level, that's what makes up water. <clears throat> that is wine. At a molecular level, that is what wine looks like. I think you're going to see what I'm getting at. You didn't just change the color. And the taste of the water. It changed the molecular structure in a moment. Have you ever thought about it? Our bodies. Okay, so that, that needed to take more, more than a hundred chemical processes to alter. And Jesus, pouring in wine, just pour it out in a moment. In a moment. See, there's the mystery of God that we do not understand. But then there's the mastery of God in performing miracles. And then there's the majesty of God just showing his greatness and his beauty and his care and his love. That's all seen in changing water into wine. 
Our bodies are made up of molecules. Every cell, every cell has approximately 109 chemicals in it. Of those chemicals, between 65% and 90% of the chemicals that make up your body is H2O. You need a miracle in your life? He knows all about you. He knows your body. He knows what needs to happen. He can perform miracles like that in your life. He can change the chemistry in your body. He can, if he can raise the dead and feed 5,000, if he can heal a blind man and raise a lame man walk, he can also heal a broken heart. And this miracle was a foreshadow of the gospel message, what Jesus has done in our lives. Just wanted, are we doing all right here? Are we seeing how beautiful Jesus is? How we sang about the holiness of Jesus. It says here in Colossians 1 verse 16 to 17. For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in all things, and in him all things are held together. God knows about the chemical molecular structure of your body because he holds it together. He knows you. <laughs> he knows you. He knows us. The sign pointed to the glory of Jesus, as you say, and in this way, Jesus revealed his glory, changing water into wine. <laughs> Therefore, for, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. I'm reading from the NIV. All this is from God who reconciled us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Hello? Okay. He's given us a new DNA. That's the reality. That God reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us we implore you on, on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God and God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God you see salvation is about a total change of, of our spirit it's a miracle you and I are born again the natural birth, the natural birth in us is a miracle in self, itself. But spiritual birth, the second birth, is even a greater miracle. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a miracle. I'm born again. I'm his miracle. His work of grace. And he wants me to be God's, his miracle. To bring him glory. You see, in our, in our pathway, there need to be miracle upon miracle and miracle because we're overflowing of grace and mercy that he's done in our lives. 
You're with me. Jesus is simply too good to be true. I cannot give half a heart to him. I am compelled in my heart because of a response to him from a place of ruin. Here I am, send me. He has my whole heart. He has the key to my heart. I think that word that Kim brought, I think, I'm hoping it's settling in you right now, saying, is my heart, am I looking from the inside out and not living in the freedom that God has for me? I see Jesus, I've known him, I've walked with him, but maybe there's pain in the past. Maybe there's fear from the past. Maybe there's a bad experience. Maybe being hurt by previous family experiences or church experiences, whatever it is. And so you've taken the key of your heart and locked it. Jesus is enough. And I know sometimes it sounds simplistic. But that's the reality. You need to trust Jesus more. I need freedom, Jesus. Don't tell him. Then he's going, okay, you need to do this. Let him do the work in your life. Just do what he says. <laughs> so I want to, so that's the foundation I want to, I want to share that God is a miracle, supernatural God that expects us to live in this natural, supernaturally. And God has called this church, and every church, but this church, to be a well that people come and drink of the life of Jesus, which is free, which is free of slavery, which is free of um, unforgiveness, which is free of, of, of hurt and pain that stops us. There's always hurt and pain. Understand that. Always hurt and pain. If I, did, I came from a very um, big family, six children. I did not, my, I love my folks and my, my mom and dad, they served the Lord all their lives. But they were also broken and my dad was broken. And I didn't know what dad was coming home sometimes when I was growing up. But he loved the Lord and... Uh, I want to say that the pain and the heartache that we had is not, it's, it's not going to define my future. God, Jesus, in grace decided what that looked like, forgiven, free. And I need to walk on into the more that God has for me and say, Lord, you used that to build in me character and love and grace and mercy so that I can walk on into the more that you have for me. My mom and dad love the Lord, and I so appreciate what they've done. I grew up in a Baptist church, and so much of the foundations that I have and the love for God's Word is found in what they did in my life. But I'm not injury-free. I'm not pain-free. I'm not, here I am. I wake up in the morning. I was going to say some other things. I brush my teeth. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so grateful for what God's done in my life. You just see how we're going on time-wise. Okay, so how do I position myself to be that miracle? And I'm going to give you 
Six points. Some I'll just go very quickly. And some of them I might say, well, maybe this is where I need to stop. But before that, I'm going to get some water. Are you all with me? Are you? I don't just, it's weighty but freeing. It's, 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 it's glorious yet weighty. It's, 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 uh, it's joyful. I want to restore joy. Uh, if there is joy that's gone and or increased levels of joy. Wherever you are, <coughs> sorry about that. <laughs> oh my goodness me. Okay, number one, you need to realize that God wants to display his glory through you. God wants to us to display his glory in us every day. In John 14, verse uh, 12 to 14, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, to his disciples, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Where's the water? Let's change some water into wine. I don't know. No, man. The reality is, in your workplace, at the school, working on team, working in, in the comms, whatever it is, today is an opportunity for a life to be transformed and changed, for God to do something in you. Something great, something awesome. God wants to display your glory. Settle it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be breathing. The Lord would have been me up already. He hasn't got a purpose for my life. Will Marie, his purpose is being fulfilled in heaven. But while I'm here, flat out for Jesus, catch me if you can. 62 years old, some young guys. I love it, catch me. You can run past me, but I'm going flat out. I'm still going to dance, still going to raise my hands. My, 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 my knees might not last as long as some of you guys, but... There has to be an expression of passion. It's not, it's not a personality type, I say around. Passion isn't a personality type. It's a full devotion to Jesus, the work of Jesus, the completed work of Jesus in your life, and the working out of that in, in everyday life. Number two, God uses stone jars. Those were the jars behind the door not recognized whether they were just there. And they used to wash feet as people came in. And you can imagine wash, washing feet and then someone putting their dirty hands in it and washing feet. It wasn't, weren't, weren't nice to look at. Probably were the, the ones, maybe they could have been the ones that weren't for ornamental because maybe they're slightly messed up, what do you call it, when they... Um, Rejects or whatever the case is from the pottery place. Maybe they were behind the door. But Jesus said, bring them. Jesus qualifies the unqualified. He uses stone jars. You think you've forgotten behind the door? Servants, bring the stone jar. Darvi, there's a stone jar there I want to use. 
Bring them. Call the servants. I want to use this. Children's church. Must I say, children's church. Advert. Why do you not want to do children's church? Don't answer. Because the, the why we do things sometimes reveals what we do. But actually, I think why we don't do things reveal what we really value. Have I asked you, why do you not want to get involved in children's church? If your answer is anything other than, because uh, this is what I'm going to do so I can glorify Jesus. That's how answers are right. But if it's anything to do with, I don't feel I'm called, or I don't like children, or um, I can't work with little children, or um, what other excuses do people make? I can't teach. You know what? Those children sometimes just need a granny to pray for them. Sometimes they just need a guy on a guitar who can play three chords and go worship with them. Sometimes it just takes a mom and dad saying, I'm feeling something on my heart to go prophesy over them. We are all called to children's ministry because they're watching you. They're watching how you worship. Models, mentors. And your life is meant to be a miracle and they're meant to see the miracle happen in your life so they can become naturally supernatural. I say that as an advert, but it's, it's not a marketing. You need to have your heart for it, for worship. What you, com leaders. There's going to be a time where more com leaders want to be released. I say, why, why are you not leading a com? Um... Uh, uh, maybe my home's not good enough or, or maybe it, my space is too clean or my house is not tidy enough or you love people you can have people in your home the why not answer that question and if the answer to that question why not is God glorifying if it's not God glorifying, then it's just hard. But it's, rea- it's the reality of it. Um, this is not, I'm just saying it because I think this is a general thing. I'm not, okay. I'm not going to try and justify my love is for this church to bring in the, the more. Honestly. Davi, I want to say to you guys, just all the, you, you and Liesl and the family, man, been in your house for two days. Well done for this and Coming in a year ago, seeing fruit, I see a depth what's happened here, I just sense it. And there's going to be growth. But the growth isn't going to be by you working harder. It's about you and you and you and you seeing what God has in store for you guys, see what God, how God can use you. And you just brimming over with the supernatural life of God in you and becoming the blessing that God wants you to become. God uses stone jars. God did not fall in love with a future version of yourself. While we are still sinners, Christ showed his great love for you and for me. He gave his, he gave his life while we are still sinners. 
He uses sinners to He uses sinners to this day. And I'm one of them. Here I am. Who would have thought? Here I'm going around to churches. God uses stone jars. He wants to use you. And you might think you've forgotten or you're behind the scenes or something's happened and that's where you want to stay. No in Portuguese. No way, Jose. Nah. It says here in James 5, verse 17 to 18, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Elijah was as human as you and me. Hello, Elijah. Elijah. Okay. 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 You need to, number three, (laughs) you need to invite Jesus every day to be part of your day. What can you run? What can you run, Andy? You still don't listen. <laughs> Number one, God wants to use, God he wants to use you to reveal His glory. Number two, God uses stone jars. Number three, God invite Jesus into your life. Make sure every day He's there. There's a, okay, I'm going to use that. Be available, ready. It takes only a moment and a word and a WhatsApp and a and a prophetic word and a. To alter the course of someone's destiny. Have you thought about that? Invite Jesus into your life. Every day. Jesus was at the wedding. He was invited. Number four. Tell him what you need. Don't tell him how to do it. <laughs> it's faith. Trust him. Some of you got prophetic words of your life. Some of you uh, know these dreams and things that God's put in there. And then we're presumptuous and then we're entitled. We think, God, this is how it needs to happen. Uh-uh. You need to say, Lord, you spoke to me about this and here it is. Here's my life. How it unfolds, I don't know, you do it. And watch God work in your life. Don't look to others to compare and look what others have got, what others not got, what you not got. Let him do the work and trust. There's a scripture that's, that's one of the scriptures that I love, that I, I hope has been a measure of my guidance. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> come, come, the children are here. No problem, Dirk. The children are here. It's lovely, I love it. I love it. This is a scripture that's, been very real to me. It's, it's, as you probably know, it, um, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with part of your heart. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, wrong translation. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. 
but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That word acknowledge simply means in all your ways know him by experience. Know him intimately by experience, actually what it means. So as, as I'm going in today, God wants to know, you to know that he's with you. And that you can talk to him anytime, anywhere, any place. And he can guide you. Know him, your desire to know him and his will and his ways for your life. Tell him what you need. Don't tell him how to do it. Tell him what you, des- what you desire and say, Lord, this is what I feel the Lord wants for my life. Sometimes the leaders, and Davi's going to say, is this what I see for you in your life? Com group leading, worship leading, kids, kids church workers leading, and teaching and whatever. This is what I see in your life. You need to say, Lord. The godly answer is no, not I can't. Because that, the I can't actually, the Lord says, great stuff. That's the kind of people I want. The people who say, I can't. Because when you can't, it will become his can. Okay, so when he asks you, you go to him and say, Lord, Davis asked me to lead a com. They've seen something in my life. What is it you want? How can I bring you glory? See what he says to you. Amen? Number five. Do whatever he tells you to do. So David's like a servant. And Mary told the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And they did that. So David's, the Lord must say, do what I tell you to do. And David says, I feel the Lord says to you, I want you to do AV. Well, I'll put the AV or whatever the case is. Plan the worship team. Lead the ladies, anchored. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is. And then you listen to the Lord. Let me tell you, faith is risk. Faith is confronting fears, confronting doubts, confronting our enemies. Do whatever he tells you to do. Faith and obedience go hand in hand. Number six. Keep the jar filled with water. How's your personal devotion with Jesus going? La la, tra la, la la, la la, la la. Are you spending time in his word? In the car, are you worshipping? Are you just filling yourself? Washing yourself with the word of God? Are you filling the tank with Jesus? In worship and in the word and you know devotional times and quiet times and loud times or whatever you want to call it. Keep your jar filled with water. And the way you fill your jar with water, take out the water that was used to wash feet, the dirty water. You need to take that out. And then you fill it. Take out the fear, take out the doubt. Take out the disqualification. Take out all those things you're feeling and say, Jesus, I'm empty. Use me. Fill me. Okay? Listen. You share with others. And number seven, 
the last one, and I'm just going to conclude, which I feel just to land with you guys. Always celebrate what Jesus is doing. Celebrate the culture you want. We've got to live in the path of joy. If Christianity has lost its joy, you have lost connection with Jesus. Because Jesus, whatever he does, he saves the best for last. As I tell the story of um, the ladies that travel with me and my wife and Kim know the story, but I'm going to tell it again for you because you haven't heard it yet. I've got, the two, grand, I've got two granddaughters. Uh, Harper's the older one. She's six years old. The other one's four years old. Six-year-old comes. We were busy at, at uh, Sunningdale Venue. Uh, three or four, five months ago, six months ago, something like that. And there are two play areas. One's an old play area, one's a new play area where the new, where the new play area is and looks very, very cool, you know. So we're having lunch together and Harper comes up and she says, Papa, and that's what she calls me. She says, Papa, where are we going to go play? So I said to them, I said, well, there's two play areas, my sweetie. There's that area, which is the old area where the little ones play and there's wood and it's Looks okay, but it's good. But and then then there's that area which is new, and there's toys and there's classrooms and everything. We can go play there. So she sits. I can see something's going through her mind, just for a split second. She says, "Papa, we're going to go to the old area first, and then we're going to go to the new area." And then she says this because Papa next is always more. The next thing that God wants you to do in your life is more in God. Next is more for you. I'm 62 years old. I'm vintage wine. I hope I taste good. <laughs> hope what you're seeing here is just a measure of, and it's, It's not perfect. What you see here is not perfect. My wife will tell you that, but Jesus will tell me that more, I think. It's not. But I'm trusting that when people drink of my life, it will be, we want more. We want more. But how about you? Kim was having a bad day once, and Matty go, well, bad day in terms of just, she fell down. I don't know what it was about. And Harper, this is about a year ago, she was still five at that stage. She snuggles up to Kim. She's seeing that Kim's a little bit, not quite herself. And maybe Kim was just, I think Kim was just busy thinking. Wasn't having a bad day. It was just like thinking about stuff. So Harper snuggles up to, to Kim and she says, Nana, make sun not shade. And she just slips out and goes. I think it's time that some of us make more sun and create less shade. So I'm going to land with this for you guys. I felt, and this is what I felt this morning. I was telling Davi as I was waking up. I'm preparing this, this preach to encourage you guys. There's still some faith, fresh faith and passion and fresh devotion to up the levels of what God wants to do in this congregation. And I felt these things as I was just getting up this morning just to ponder. Number one, it 
stone vessels, I want you to realize that God wants to use stone vessels and that some of you feel like you're behind the door. And you've got dirty feet, dirty of your path that you've walked, been dusty, and there's been stuff along the road, and you've picked up stuff. And your feet have been washed, but there's a residue of that in the jar. And I feel the Lord says you need to empty the jar and fill it. Fill it with water, with fresh water. You see the jars, when uh, Jesus spoke to those servants, he said, fill the jars, they were empty. And I feel there's a, a sense in my heart that, that God says, I want, to, I, want to, I want to fill you afresh. I want to fill you afresh. But you need to empty yourself of some of the pain, some of the past, some of the things that you felt devi- defined you. Some of you might have had bad experiences in church, whatever it is, whatever church it is. No time... No time to revel in muddied water. Empty the jar, fill it afresh with what God wants to do. Uh, could you, where's the worship? Where's uh, Maybe one or two of the team guys. Because there's a song that I'd like us to do now, now that they, they had prepared, and I said, go for this song when they had prepared it. You know which one it is, eh? Sorry? Emptiness, being empty, means you're available. All I can bring, Lord, is my brokenness. This is who I am. This, you know me. You know the molecules of my body. And you know the pain and the stuff that's caused things in my life to shift and not feel, feel whole and healed and whatever it is. Jesus knows the molecules and he can change supernaturally. The burden that you felt of the past, he can take it off you. The pain of past relationships or past leadership or past um, whatever, wherever context, he is the God of miracles. You might be sick in your body. God can come and touch you like that today. You might have a broken heart. He wants you with a broken heart to become his miracle. It only takes a split second, a moment to change water into wine, to change a broken heart to a healed heart that brings healing to a broken world. I end with this last scripture, not scripture, I'm just going to talk about it. John. On the island of Patmos, the last apostle, he's the last apostle alive, persecuted by the church. Well, sorry, persecuted by uh, Rome. From Ephesus, he was, he was the leader of the church in Ephesus at the time. He was sent, what do you call it, uh, imprisoned on the island of Patmos, all alone. His life is over. He had looked after Jesus' mother, uh, mother Mary for many years. She died in Ephesus, and he's, he's on the island and he's in the spirit. He slays his relationship with God. But he's thinking, Lord, just beam me up. My life's over. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. My life's over here on the island. What use am I? Right here. Just waiting for you. And Jesus comes to him. A Jesus he's never seen before. 
Never seen him before like that before. Saw him in life. He put his head on his chest. And he knew Jesus intimately. But this Jesus, fire in his eyes, hair like wool, sash around him. Two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. That Jesus. And it says, if you read in, in Revelation chapter 1, he has this revelation of this voice that speaks to him. Just falls to him says, I'm ruined. Doesn't say it, but that was the posture. I'm ruined. It says this beautiful thing it says. And Jesus put his right hand on John. Hey, John, I've still got you. You're still close. My right hand's still on you. Your purpose isn't finished. Your purpose is not over. You've still got a letter to write, a few letters to write. And you need to write it down to the churches. His purpose wasn't over. You and I are breathing because of God's mercy, because you're a miracle. But we continue to breathe because he wants you to be the miracle to the lives of those around you. He wants us to bring change and transformation to lives and communities around us. He wants this church to be that well of healing, that well of bringing unity and reconciliation and seeing people's lives changed. And he wants to use you and me as long as we're breathing. And he says, my right, hand, my right hand's on you. I've got a hold on your life. Now I want to write a miracle every day on your heart so that every day you can be the letter that other people read. It's you and me. Amen.